This is Rick Pina and I'm bringing you today's word for August 6, 2020. I'm teaching a, a new series entitled Greater is Coming. So this is only part four of this series, but I'm flowing in the same vein of a series that I've been teaching for months entitled Faith and Patience. This is actually Faith and Patience Volume 5, Greater is Coming. And the title of today's message is Waiting is the Hard Part. Now, I, I can tell you this from, from experience that you know walking with god is amazing but waiting on god waiting is the hard part we've been studying the life of david let's go back to the life of david and talk about it right we're going to talk about the waiting component so david if you look at david's life i love to say that i'm a grace case (laughs) right it's not like god uses me not because i'm good god uses me because god is good and david is a grace case david is a grace case from start to finish he was called into his destiny while he was minding his own business. We saw it in the text. This is 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. He was doing his daily routine. He was minding his own business. He was tending to his father's sheep. When all of a sudden, you know, boom, he had this experience and he had no idea that it was coming, right? It was not on the schedule. It was not something that he prayed for. His bro- one of his brothers comes running from the house. <gasps> he did. He, it was like, what's up? Hey, uh, hurry up, man. We got, you got to get home. Why? Why? What's going on? There's a, there's a, um, there's a prophet, a, uh, there's a prophet in the house and, um, uh, 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 like God sent him to a house to do something. And, and, um, the prophet already like, you know, looked at all of us and it wasn't us. So I, I, I guess it's you and you, you got to get home. Hurry up, man. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you. And so, so they go home and he gets there and you know, the deal he arrives, he's still smelling like sheep. Right. I mean, like he, he has done nothing to prepare for this. He didn't ask for it. it. It was all God. It was all grace. He walks in still smelling like sheep. And then boom, the prophet has this ceremony. Boom. The prophet says, you're the one. The prophet pulls out this horn. There's some oil, special oil, anointing oil, symbolic of the Holy Spirit. He anoints him with oil. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 16 and 13, from that day, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. And that's it. That's it. From that moment, he was the anointed one. From that moment, he was the Lord's anointed and he was anointed to be the next king of Israel. He was 17 years old. He has this amazing experience. He did nothing to earn it, did nothing to deserve it. I mean, think about it. What did he do? He did nothing. And apparently his family agreed. His family agreed (laughs) that he did nothing to the point where he wasn't even invited to his own coronation ceremony right? I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't even in the lineup. Besides that, watch this. Historically, for you to become a king, a new king, you had to be an old king. Either you, you conquered somebody and became a king, or you had to be the son of an old king, meaning that you had to be born a king. And Jesse was no king, and David was no prince. David was a shepherd boy. This was not a natural selection. This was a spiritual act. 
David was selected. It was not a birthright. It was a divine calling. It was a divine assignment. It was something that God decided from the foundations of the world. He didn't earn it. He didn't deserve it. He didn't ask for it. God chose David. And guess what? God chose you. He was picked. He was picked by God, even though he didn't come from the right family. He, God picked David, even though he was the eighth son, not the first son. God picked David, even though he didn't do anything to earn it or to deserve it. God picked David by grace. And guess what? God picked me. God picked you. And he did it by grace. And as soon as the impromptu ceremony was over, you would think, okay, okay, Rick, tell me what happened next. I've never read this story. Tell me, tell me, tell me what happened next. Like, like, I would think, whoo, the, the clouds would open. A voice would come from heaven, right? And say, this is the new king of Israel, right? Oh man, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. The prophet left. The brothers went back to doing what they were doing. The father sent him back out to the field. He rubbed the oil off his head. And then that's it. And then he had to process everything that had just happened. That's it. Nothing happened. God had transitioned the national power from Saul to David in the spirit. But in the natural, it would take 13 years for him to become the king of Judah. Another seven years for him to become the king of the unified Israel. So it would take two decades. It would take 20 years for this thing to happen. That's the point of this series. This series is about waiting on God. This series is about faith and patience. David had to wait on God. He had to stand on this word from God. He had to believe the promise, but then he had to wait and he had to serve and he had to do whatever he had to do in the natural. He had to wait, you know, and just to do, he had to wait a long time before he could see in his hands what God had revealed in his heart. That is faith and patience. So what does this mean to you today. I'm telling you, waiting is the hard part. What does this mean to you today? I know that you have a lot of stuff on your schedule. So do I. I have a busy day today. But before we get into all of that, I have five things to share with you from the Lord, from the Bible. Five things. Rid yourself of all distractions. Open up your heart to receive. You ready? Here we go. Number one, one of the most important aspects of walking with God and making the most of the one life that you've been given, right? I mean, this is like, this is why people ask me, my wife and I, why are you guys so busy? You're doing so many things. Well, you only get one life. You only get one shot at this thing. I'm determined to, to do whatever God tells me to do with this one life, right? And so one of the key aspects of you maximizing your purpose and potential is understanding that God, the purpose and the potential comes from God and not from you. So God made plans for you before the world began. I tell you this almost every day. But I, I keep saying it because you got to get this down in your heart. God did not make those plans. He made them before the world began. So God didn't make those plans based on anything you did because you obviously had not done anything yet. You were not even born. God made those plans based solely on his unearned and amazing grace. It was, it was unmerited favor. David did nothing to earn his call. You know, matter of fact, I am convinced that David never even dreamed of being the king of Israel. But it was God's plan for him. And David had to accept it. Then David had to believe it. David had to see himself as a king. And then David had to wait. And ultimately, he waited 20 years. In the end, because he had faith and patience, he became the man that he was destined to be. And in the end, if you have faith and patience, if I have faith and patience, 
we will become the men and the women that God has called and destined and designed and desires for us to be as well. Number two, you have already experienced and you will continue to experience divine moments, right? These, these great divine moments that you have with God. And during these divine moments, it's like God shows you that he is shifting some things in the spirit. And so he will shift something in the spirit and you get excited and you high five your neighbor and you call your girl and you know, you write it down and you put it on Instagram and you do all that stuff and you get, but, but listen, God shifting something in the spirit doesn't mean that things are going to shift in the natural. So when he does it in the spirit, it might take a long time for that to trickle down to the natural. So when he does it, you still in your heart, you got to believe, you got to believe and receive. I believe and I receive it. When? Now right? I believe. So you got to believe and receive what God is revealing and you got to believe and receive it now. Because if you reject it, then God is going to be like, oh man, now he's not believing. She's not believing. God will, it's not like God is going to dismiss it, but God will then have to keep working with you to get you to the point where you believe it. And so he's going to keep coming back to you and give it to you this way, give it to you that way. And then you're going to be at a restaurant and somebody says, excuse me, I don't normally do this, but God said, and then you're going to be at Walmart trying to pay for something. And as you're walking out, somebody's like, excuse me, oh, can I I just tell you something? God said, and then you'll find like, all right, God, I got it, right? So God will work with you until you muster up the faith to believe it. But even once you believe it, even like, okay, got it. I'm not fighting against you, God, no more. I got it. I believe and I receive. Once you believe it, that's not even the hard part. For me, the hard part is patience. The hard part is now, okay, now that I've gotten past the enormity of the call, now that I've gotten to the point where I can see it, now that I've gotten to the point where I believe and I receive, I can literally see myself you know, doing what God has called me to do. I can literally see myself running that business or living in that house or driving this or or performing that or speaking to this group or whatever it is that God has called you to do. You literally can see yourself doing it. Now, I got it. I believe what God believes about me. Now I got to wait on God's timing. (laughs) That's the hard part. The Bible says in Hebrews 6 and 12, it's by faith and patience that we get to inherit the promises of God. Number three, when God reveals something to you that he already planned, you got to think about it from his perspective, right? God's perspective is eternity. So when God looks at you, watch this, God is so big of a God and his plans for you are so big that when God looks at you, he actually sees you the whole span of your life. And he sees your children and he sees your children's children. So sometimes God is working on you on something that's not going to happen to your grandkids, right? So that's how big God is. And that's how big of a planner he is. But when God speaks to you, because he sees everything like it's already done, then whenever God speaks, he's always speaking from what I call the position of the eternal now. So the problem with that, with that is that when God says something, he says it like it's now. And he will always say it like it's now. Because for him, he's outside of time. So for him, it's now. But for us, you and I, who have to live our lives out inside of the continuum of time, it may not happen for weeks or months or years or decades. And so for him, it's like now. And for us, it's like, wait. (laughs) And so we have to learn how to be patient, how to be consistently consistent and to open up our hearts to God's best and then to wait. And, 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 and not to get frustrated while we wait. Number four, just I'm being plain text with you. I'm being transparent. 
Number four, living by faith and developing patience is not easy. When I got to this point today, this is really where it hit me. It hit me hard because I can identify with this. This is not something I read. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the kind of preacher that's, that's preaching stuff that I just studied. <laughs> There's no power. Look, if I read something, if I read a verse and then I try to preach it, and I've never lived it, then there's no power in that, right? Because we're both trying to figure out what that thing means. All When I, I give you today's word, I'm giving you my life. I'm, I'm ministering out of my overflow. I'm not talking about stuff that, I'm talking about stuff that I live. Like, this is me. Like, faith and patience, this is, this is for real for me. This is not a joke. I mean, let, let me put myself in David's shoes for a minute. Let's all do that. And then I'll just share with you that I can, I can identify with David. So let's, let's imagine David for a moment. You're David, right? Let's play a game. You're David. You were just called out of the field. A prophet that you did not know, a prophet of God, a man of God, just held an ordination service in your house, in front of your family. You were just anointed to be the next king of Israel. The spirit of God just came upon you. You feel the presence of God like never before. You know this is God. Like, oh my God, this is God, right? You know that you're different. And then he tells you that you're called to be the king of Israel. You sense the enormity of the call. The power of God is so strong on you that you feel weird, right? Because you've never felt this way before. And that you, you know, like, I don't know how you know, but you just know that your life has been changed forever. You know that now that you're destined to be a king. But then the prophet leaves. And your brothers go back to doing what they were doing. And your father sends you back out into the field. And now you're David and you have to go back out into the field. How do you feel? You're going back to your old life, even though you was just called into a new one. Now, your father wants you to be faithful over sheep, over leading sheep, when you know that you were just called to lead people. You're still trying to process your destiny, and your father wants you to perform your duties. <laughs> and you're like, oh, wait a minute. And, and not only that, nobody in your family just treated you differently. Your brothers, it's like they disrespected the call. It's like they didn't even acknowledge the anointing. You're still trying to digest your destiny, and your family is pushing you back into your history. God is calling you this way, and they're like, Psh, yeah, whatever, nothing happened. And listen, I'm, that cannot be easy. And I know, I know it's not easy. I, I, I know what it feels like to be stuck between your history and your destiny. I know what it's like to be called to do something, right? But then God is like, it's not time yet. I know what it's like for you to have to get up every morning and try to be faithful over your today while you're believing God for your tomorrow. And it's a tomorrow that God promised, right? And, and the fact that God promised it is the key. It's not like David, David didn't come up with this. David never even asked for this thing. And, and so I know what it's like to be like, God, I didn't, I did not ask for this. You called me to do it. And so if, if you didn't call me to do it, I wouldn't ask. I wouldn't want it. I only want what you want. But now that you call me to do it, I want it. And now that I want it, you tell me, but it's not time. And so, so now it's not time, but you call me to do it. You put it in my heart. I wish you had not put it in my heart yet. Why, why'd you put it in my heart now if it's not going to happen now? And so now I have to live now and be faithful now in my today while I'm waiting on my tomorrow. And so I can't lose the expectation of it. So I still have to live with an expectation of manifestation, but, but then I still have to be faithful over today. And if I 
I'm not careful, if I'm not careful, I can lose the joy of my today because of the enormity of my tomorrow. And so, so in this series, I hope that you're learning that you have to maintain the joy of your today while you're waiting on your tomorrow. You still have to be learn to be content. And I know that it's not easy. And there are times when you lose it. And there's times when you get frustrated. And there's times that you don't want to do what you're doing today because you know what you're called to do in your tomorrow. And I can just imagine how David had to deal with going back to being a shepherd boy when he knew that he was called to be the king. And then we're going to study the life of David and it's going to be amazing. Number five. And finally, I'm telling you, this is something I live. There's a space between the promise and the performance. I've told you that many times. There's a space between seeing in your hands what God revealed to you in your heart. And in that space, you have to remain faithful. So I have two things I'll share with you about this. Listen, if you're in that space, like I'm in that space, two things. First, be faithful to the call. It may not happen for weeks or months or years or decades, but you can take steps every day to get you prepared. Like, God, what do you want me to do today that's preparing me for my ultimate assignment? And then secondly, you have to live every day with a divine expectation of manifestation. Unless God tells you when it's going to happen, you have to live with an expectation that it's going to happen. Right? And so you can never lower your expectation because if you ever lower your expectation, you will have a faith failure. And, and I don't want your faith to fail. God doesn't want your faith to fail. You have to live in faith for the long haul. You have to keep believing that it's going to happen and live like it's going to happen, even though you don't know when it's going to happen. So I'm not saying that this is easy. It's not. You know, the waiting is the hard part. Uh, so, so, but living by faith and developing patience is the will of God. You got it? Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, you made plans for me before the world began. You were thinking of me before I could do anything to catch your attention. And then after I was alive, I ignored you. I went my own way. I was completely undeserving, but you pursued me anyway. You love me enough <laughs> to track me down even when I did not acknowledge you at all. And then you saved me by your amazing grace. Then you called me into an amazing life. I now live by faith, pursuing what you birthed me to do, knowing that it may take decades to fully walk, walk it out. But I live every day with an acknowledgement of your plans and with an expectation that fuels my faith and my excitement because I know that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org. There's a big subscribe button. Click on it and then you'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. So put in your email address there. Listen, I know waiting is a hard part. That's where I'm at right now. So I know what it's like. I'm not telling you, I'm not preaching something I read. This is, this is how I live. I know, I know what it's like. And so I pray that this message and this series is being a blessing to you. Never stop believing. Never lower your expectation. In the fullness of time, it is going to come to pass. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat. Share this message on your social media. Share it now on your timeline and with your friends. I love you and God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.